When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. You lead a busy life. The last thing you have time for is shopping, prepping, and cooking a healthy homemade meal. With Chef, enjoy authentic meals freshly prepared by the best local cooks in your community and delivered to your door. No prepping, no cooking, no subscription necessary. It's one less thing to worry about after a long day without sacrificing the quality of a homemade meal. Schedule your meals with a local cook at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off the Mess, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and of course, today is Bravo Friday, and I'm just kind of like preparing myself for the upcoming Bravo season that we have. I mean, we have so much going on this spring and summer. I'm so excited. We have Atlanta, obviously, just premiered on Sunday, which I'll get to. Beverly Hills is coming up on the 11th, so don't forget about that. We have Summer House Reunion. We have New Jersey Reunion, which is like kicked off and like is explosive. I can't wait to talk about that. Then we have Ultimate Girls Trip, which the trailer just dropped coming up June 23rd. I know Married to Medicine is coming back. I mean, like we're fucking busy. Like, because I felt like during OC, for example, like it, it was a fine season, like it, in Salt Lake City, like I was like, eh, but I wasn't like engaged. I feel like now I'm back. Atlanta, the premiere and the New Jersey reunion this week, like really reinvigorated me. So I I just can't fucking wait. I'm so excited. But first, I do want to just talk about a couple things um, before I get into Bravo. Whether you guys like it or not, I, I might talk about the Kardashians <laughs> on this podcast because I am, I can't help it. I talked about it last week. I have a love-hate relationship with these bitches. I it is what it is. But I want to talk about the Met Gala really quick <laughs> because some people need to get a fucking grip. Get a goddamn grip over this Maryland dress. It's so annoying. We have people like Marilyn Monroe would hate that Kim wore her dress. Marilyn Monroe is dead, guys. 
I'm sorry. Like, she's dead. She doesn't care. It's a dress. It's six years old. It's a piece of fucking fabric. Kim Kardashian wore it. Let's move on. She changed out of it after spending three minutes on a red carpet. Like, move on with your lives. Like, I love the Met Gala. My mom and I would watch it every single year. Like, the red carpet. It's just something I've always really, like, enjoyed. And, and I still enjoy it. I do think it's kind of hilarious how, listen, Every year there's a theme and I get it. We're not always going to love what people bring out, but I have two complaints. One of them being, if you think the Met Gala is stupid and you, you know, you hate it so much, Amy Schumer, then don't go. Then don't go. I would rather you just not fucking go than show up with your shit attitude and your shit outfit. Like I'm over it. If you don't want to fucking be there, then don't be there. I know you're invited or whatever, but it's like, shut up. It's so annoying. And I'm sorry, Kourtney Kardashian, same thing. Like, she was asked, like, oh, like, how did you prepare? And she's like, I didn't really think about it. Like, okay. Like, you know how many people would fucking kill to be there who would, like, love to be there and, like, put time and thought and detail into their look and, like, execute it? I mean, hello, Blake Lively. That bitch styles herself and she kills it every single time. That's why she was the host of the event. Because she cares. And I know people think fashion is dumb and I understand that. You know, but it's something frivolous to like distract to distract us occasionally from the hellscape that we're currently living in. And I can't even talk about what we're dealing with right now because I'm too fucking angry about it. I'm too angry. The people that are angry about Marilyn's dress need to shift their energy to, I don't know, women losing their reproductive rights. So let's fucking do that. It's crazy. The other thing I understand about the Met Gala is that like every designer, it's all about art. It's creativity. So they have different perspectives and different like, you know, under different ways that they would want to execute like a certain look. And this year was Gilded Glamour. Now, I was expecting, I think a lot of people were expecting a lot of like Bridgerton looks, like that kind of vibe, like the big bosom pushed up little waist, like big, you know, buff butt poof. See, I don't really know much about fashion. I just know what I like and what I don't like. I don't, it's not that, it's not more complicated than that for me, but I can appreciate when I like something and I can obviously comment on something that I don't like now. There were some looks this year that really, I mean, they weren't even like where I could maybe get where the person was going with like the idea of the theme. (sighs) Obviously, Blake Lively's was beautiful. That's what we expected. Billie Eilish had an amazing look. I really liked Gabrielle Union's look. I really liked Jodi Turner Smith's look. Like those are looks I really was into. And obviously, I'm sorry. I know everyone's going to hate me. Kim looked fucking incredible. She looked incredible. Kim looks incredible all the fucking time. And people need to just shut up about it. (laughs) Like, what really triggers me about people hating her so much is sometimes I feel like people just, like, want to hate her to hate her. It doesn't matter what she does, what she wears. Someone's going to hate on it. Someone's going to shit on it. And it's like, okay. But the way that people are acting about this dress is crazy. 
they are acting as if this dress was in the Smithsonian and she literally did national treasure and marched in there and like, you know, held a gun to their head and was like, I'm taking the fucking dress. That's not what happened, guys. This was in a Ripley's, believe it or not, in Orlando. Okay? This dress was in a Ripley's. Ripley's hasn't had fucking business in years. Kim Kardashian, guess what? She goes to Ripley's, gets a gets the dress. Like, this is insane. This is crazy. But it's this idea that people are like, oh my God, like, how dare she? She's ruining the legacy. She's not ruining any fucking legacy. Like, shut up. She's just wearing a fucking dress. And everyone's like, oh my God, she lost so much weight. That's so bad. She's promoting unhealthy beauty standards, like blah, blah, blah. It's like, there were four quote unquote plus size women on that carpet. If you think Kim Kardashian is the only celebrity on that carpet to have been dieting or doing rigorous workouts or doing whatever they do, you're fucking delusional. Every celebrity has some sort, most celebrities, I'll say, have some sort of disordered eating. Our queen, you know, Jennifer Aniston ate the same salad every single day, the entirety of tenure of having the show Friends. And also, I hate to be that that person that's like, well, if a man said that, but I'm going to fucking say it. The men do that shit for like those Marvel movies. They are insane. They eat like just straight up chicken breast and broccoli every single day and work out three times a day and no one fucking says anything about it. It's just annoying. And it's like, if you if you watch the whole video of her trying to get into the dress, it doesn't zip, obviously, because her ass, but it has that tie and that's why she had the fur. She's very open about this. She's like, yeah, like, obviously, it's not going to fit every proportion and people were shitting on her shoes that she wore. Okay, guys, she's 5'2", Marilyn Monroe was 5'6". No shit. She's going to wear platform heels. And I'm not a platform heel girl. I think they're disgusting. I hate when my sleepy queen, Nicola Peltz Beckham, wears them. But she wears them all the time. She wore them to her wedding, and I hate them. Um, and she wore them at the Met Gala, and she wore them after them. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying, I think people like kind of need to just like get a grip. It, the Met Gala was on Monday. People are still shitting on it. And they're like, you know, and then like a person from who runs Marilyn Monroe's estate was like, I think Marilyn like would have been fine with this. And then people are like arguing with her. I'm like, it's a dress. Let's move on. I thought she looked great. I was so excited to see her and Pete. It's more of like, the, for me, it was more about like the spectacle. Like I was really, really excited to see them together because we did get, they did do their first red carpet. Uh, last week at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. But this was like a little bit like more exciting. And I'm kind of obsessed with the fact that like Kim basically did not take photos with her sisters on the carpet because they all looked batshit fucking crazy. I thought Kylie's was a joke. I really did. And I understand that she was supposed to go with Virgil Abloh, who was the director, the artistic director of Louis Vuitton's menswear. And he also had his own brand called Off-White and he passed away last November. Like, so I understand, but like the whole look together was fucking silly. And I think it was also like her face, like she didn't seem happy being there. Chloe looked good, but in my, you know, opinion, who the fuck am I? Mind you guys, when I say my opinions on this podcast, I'm very aware that my opinions mean nothing. And I'm really just shouting into the void. I understand that. Chloe looked okay. 
her dress to me was like very, very basic. I didn't like the black sleeve with the puppy thing and the glove. Like, I just thought it was very blech. Like, that's that's your first Met look. Like, baby, you're never coming back. And then Courtney, here's my biggest shock is most, most, most red carpets, men show up and it's so basic. They're in a black suit with a tie and it's this whole thing. But this one, I thought the men actually looked a lot better than a lot of the women. I felt men kind of did it a little bit different. They, it was like just really beautiful suits and like different looks. I am obsessed with the fact that everyone thought that that one guy was Jared Leto and like everyone was reporting it. I mean, everywhere. It was like Jared Leto comes out and he's wearing this like silver thing and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And then everyone was like, wait, that's not Jared Leto. It was just funny because like you just expect your letter to be so crazy and over the top, which he was this time. But it's just funny. Like you could barely even recognize this guy and he everyone thought he was Jared Leto. I'm like, oh my God. So yeah, that is my take on the Met Gala. No one asked. I don't care. I just had to scream it out there into the void uh, to remind everyone that the dress was in a Ripley's and not anywhere really special. <laughs> you know, there was there's a Ripley's at Niagara Falls. Like if that's if you're not sure how bad a Ripley's is, like that's a Ripley's. They also have like baby teeth there. Like it's the weirdest place on earth. I'll leave it at that. So before I get into Atlanta and New Jersey, I do want to talk about Summer House. <sighs> okay. For a finale, how do I say this? It was kind of boring. Like, I just was like, oh, okay. Like, they got married. I I just was like, what? I I found myself not really caring. And I just... Also, too, they dropped the reunion trailer before. So I was like, oh, my God. Because it's so explosive. Like, everyone's arguing. Danielle says that she feels hateful towards Sierra. Paige won't even look at Lindsay. Like, things are happening. You know, Alex. Alex. Alex Trap, Trap City, he came for Austin and then Austin had posted and quickly deleted a post on his Instagram story. He was like, this 5'8", like gym rat coming for me to try to keep his like, shut up, Austin. No wonder he deleted it. He's such a fucking pussy. Anyways, I think like coming out of the reunion trailer, I, I was in the mindset of like, I'm ready for that. I don't need to see the wedding. It was beautiful. Amanda is one of the most beautiful brides I've ever seen. I personally think Amanda is just one of the most beautiful people on Bravo, period. I I, I do. I really do. I think Kyle is so handsome, the whole thing. So let's just get into the episode. We left off, of course, with like Kyle, Kyle and Amanda fighting. And this whole fight is so stupid. And it's like, I was looking at Kyle kind of like, bro, you brought this up knowing how she feels about it. And now you're mad that she's telling you what she feels. It's like, but this isn't a surprise. This is not a shock. Um, But of course they make up because that's just what Kyle and me do. Like they seem to just like get in these fights and then they make up and then they fight and then they make up. It's like this thing. Um, But then there's this like really, really sweet moment with Lindsay and Paige where Lindsay like grabs Paige and she's like, oh, my God, I'm so happy Craig surprised you. That's so sweet. It's so nice to see you guys happy. I can't wait to find that. Blah, blah, blah. And Paige is like, oh, my God, girl, like you'll find it. Like 
You know, that's what I was trying to say at dinner the other night was, you know, it's okay. Like you're, if you go from guy to guy, like you're out here and we're trying, like that's the best we can do is like, we are trying out here. And I understood that. And I really, really liked that Paige said that, but then it just confuses me because then of course we did see the reunion where Paige isn't even looking at Lindsay. And I'm like, how did we go from like that to where we're at now? Like, that's what I'm not really understanding. And I would like more clarity because even Lindsay, she went on Chicks in the Office podcast like in the beginning of April and she was like, oh, I thought Paige and I were like in a great place. She's like, I thought Paige and I had a great summer. Then I watched it back and I was like, oh, I guess we didn't. Like what? Like she's confused too. So I don't really get it. It's weird. It's very, very weird to me. But I liked that little moment with her. And then seeing Paige and Craig together, I mean, it is kind of funny how she was like, oh my God, Paige, you're so, or Craig, you're so sneaky. And he's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, yeah, because he's a liar. Like he constantly lies. Like that's his, that's who he is. He's shown us who he was. I mean, it's not much more you could say about that, really. And then Lindsay and Carl slept in the bed together. And we I felt everybody knew this. I don't think they hooked up. I really don't think they did anything. They probably like spooned, you know, or like cuddled. But I bet you they didn't. Because Lindsay has also said that like when her and Carl decided that they were going to start dating, that they didn't like hook up for like a while. Because she's like, we were like so nervous. Like he would like come over to my apartment. We'd like watch movies and then he would like leave. Like she's like, we were so nervous about it because they are best friends and they've dated before. And they, I think in their minds are like, okay, if we do this again, like it's either we have to make it work or else like, what are we going to do? We can't, we're older now. Things are different. Carl's in a much better place. Like, it's not a joke anymore. So yeah. Then Kyle and Amanda get COVID. And as someone who's just gotten over COVID, I was so triggered by this because I was like, I remember how sick I felt and how I could barely function. <laughs> like I couldn't actually function. I couldn't speak. I was sleeping all the time. I couldn't breathe. Like I it was horrible. And I'm like, and they have to finish planning a wedding. So when Amanda did that like sick girl cry, like when you're so sick and you're just sitting there and you're crying and you're just like, oh my God, I felt that. I was like, girl, I feel you. It's the worst. But I'm like, maybe we shouldn't have waited so long to get things, you know, rolling, finished up. So, but they got it all together. And I liked seeing them at her parents' house. You know, they got like, Amanda's like making sides. I think people forget how artsy like Amanda is. Amanda like went to school for design. She does the graphic design for Loverboy, obviously, which is like basically is a whole brand, if we're being completely honest. And like she's really talented. Like I remember when she first started Summer House, she was working for like a legit like other company. And I remember seeing she would like post her work and stuff on her Instagram. And I remember it being really good. But um so yeah, I, I don't know. It was like, I like seeing that side of her a little bit, like where she's a little bit more creative and like, you know, doing her thing. And it's very Amanda of her to like not write her vows until the last minute. Like that was cute. And I don't know. I just like, there's something about Craig and Paige that I've just struggled with this whole time. I think they're a really good looking couple. Obviously, they're both beautiful people. But it feels just like, ugh, like I just don't, 
I don't know. I don't feel how I want to feel. And that's not even because he blocked me and she unfollowed me, which whatever. It's just like, I, I don't know. It just feels odd. Like to say that Lindsay and Carl are a fake relationship, it's basically implying that they're doing it for the show. But it's like, Craig, like you and Paige are on three different shows together. Like, wouldn't, doesn't that seem like a little bit more opportunistic? I don't know. And I know watching interviews that Craig has done, it just seems he's so deep into this world and being like a reality star and Bravo's, you know, you know, boy that like everybody likes and loves and is rooting for. It's like something is just not sitting right with me about it. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. I'll, I'll take some time to think about it. But obviously, okay, Amanda and Carl, I mean, oh, Freudian slip. Amanda and Kyle, they get married. It's cute. It's adorable. Backyard wedding. She looks stunning. Kyle looked handsome. I mean, it it is what it is. I don't know. The, the rest of the episode, I was like, I don't really care what's going on. That's pretty much it. It was kind of a flop finale because everyone just kind of like ended on like an okay note. They were like dancing the night away. And I was like, all right, like cheers to that. But, you know, we do get an explosive reunion next week. So that is something to look forward to. Let's take a quick break and then we can come back with Real Houses of Atlanta premiere and the Real Houses New Jersey reunion. Planning your next Disney vacation for the summer? Visit Undercover Tourist, the trusted name in theme park tickets. Get into the park you love for less. Save up to $82 per ticket to the Walt Disney World Resort. With a hotel or a car rental edition, you can save up to 30% off your order. Visit UndercoverTourist.com slash podcast for the lowest prices on all Walt Disney World Resort tickets. Plus, Undercover Tourist offers a 365-day refund guarantee. That's UndercoverTourist.com slash podcast. You know those cigarette butts that you see every day? They're made of microplastics and they line our streets and waterways. On California beaches, they're the number one plastic you'll find. Over 35 years, cleanups have collected millions combined. But no matter where you see them, they're all getting smaller, eventually leaching into our food, our air, our water. The tobacco industry's to blame for all of the harm that they do. For the harm to the people we love, and the harm to you too. Learn more at undo.org. Okay, guys, we are back and I'm ready to talk about the really, really, really exciting Real Houses of Atlanta premiere. I have missed them so fucking much. The energy that like it felt like a lightning bolt struck me. I was so excited to have these bitches back on my screen. I love them so much. Atlanta, I think, as most of you know, was the show that got me into Real Housewives. It was season one. I was like, who are these people? (laughs) I'm obsessed with them. Atlanta for me just has like a really special place in my heart. I've just stuck by them like the entire time. I just, I can't get enough. And I just, I was smiling the whole time I was watching. Like these women are dynamic and they're funny and there was so much energy. And I think like What's crazy about it is I didn't think about Portia and Cynthia one time. Not once did I think about them. And I'm someone who like, I like Portia. Do I agree with her 100% all the time? No. Do I, I like Cynthia. But it was their time. It was Cynthia's time to go. Portia chose to do her spinoff, which I mean, was questionable. 
So I was excited to like see the new girls get some old girls in there. Dynamics changed. The energy was good. I was like, really? I was in it. I was so ready. And what I found really interesting is Carlos King, who was the producer on Atlanta forever. He has a podcast out, which is incredible. Everybody, if you like, like behind the scenes tea and gossip and really good interviews, go check out his podcast. But he said that Sheree Whitfield, OG of Real Hustles of Atlanta, got her contract the morning that they started filming. Literally that morning, and she ran over and filmed with the girls. And that is what a fucking professional does. She got mic'd up, no makeup, in workout gear, and said, I'm going to go film with the girlies. So she headed over to the fucking dance studio with Candy Marlowe and Kenya and was like, I'm in it now. <laughs> like, we're here, ladies. And that's, to me, what really set off the perfect tone for the season was that it was like organic. Like, these women know each other, especially the women, these four, specifically Candy, Marlo, Sheree, and Kenya. They all have so much history together. And some of it's bad, but most of it's pretty good and really funny. They've given us so many moments. I mean, <laughs> the the, the more manner versus Chateau Sheree like fight. I could watch I could watch these women fight about it forever, but then they became close, they became friendly. Which is usually how like a lot of really good friendships actually start out as you begin as like enemies and then you become friends. But seeing them like laughing and joking and like talking about Prison Bay, Tyrone was just like so fun to me. And Marlo, I mean, Marlo introducing herself like we've never met her before is one of the funniest things. And the producer was like, you've been on this show for like seven years. Like we're very aware. Like because she's basically held an imaginary peach for forever. Like she's been around for such a long time. And um, now she's officially got the peach, which is so exciting. I can't wait to get like more into like her family life because before like we kind of like dipped our toe into it a little bit, like she just kind of briefly told us like that she's, you know, watching her, she's, you know, has her nephews in her care due to her sister and her, you know, issues. So that's all we really knew. We didn't really get deep into it. Now we're getting deep. Like now we have Munty, which is Marlo Auntie. <laughs> and I mean, I love seeing her like this with her nephews, Michael and William. Like I think it's so like different. It adds such a different real layer to her because I mean, as we see as the episode goes on, she becomes that Marlo like character with the archive and she's dated a billionaire who I did Google. I tried to figure out who the fuck he was. Apparently he's this like old white guy who met her at her store that she had in Florida and he would like watch her and like what like became like obsessed with her and then finally came in and like asked her dinner and they dated for like five years i guess and he bought her the home that she lives in now like so i mean this and so this was like a real relationship this wasn't just like some guy but i don't know the details of the finances like now like if he does anything for i don't know i'm just saying i don't know but i love seeing her like with the you know, she's packing the lunches with the boys because she said she was like, I thought they were just going to come stay with me for like the weekend or like the week. And it's been like three years now because now I believe her sister is in prison. I don't know the details of that situation, but there's that. And then we get Sheree. We get a little update with Sheree. She her prison Bay Tyrone is out of prison and he's back in Philly on parole. So he can't leave yet. And so she had to go see him. But then she said that they're practicing abstinence. I was like, 
I don't think so. Like, that's so odd. And, like, all the other women were like, what? Like, a record scratch? Like, what are you talking about? That seems strange to... It felt weird to everybody. And then we then we check in with Drew and Ralph. If you guys remember last season, Ralph went to Tampa for like four days and didn't talk to Drew, didn't like tell her where he went, nothing. And that's like Red Flag City. And Drew to me is just one of those housewives where I don't know what is the truth. Because I think she really tries hard for the cameras, but then the truth just reveals itself so naturally that it's like, oh, girl, like, okay. Because, you know, at last year's reunion, I mean, she was like, my marriage is great. My marriage is great. It's like, baby, we're all watching the show. We know that that's not true. But I appreciate your dedication to the lies and the bullshit. I do. I I respect it. So that's why I'll I'll let Drew slide. I'll let Drew, you know, because at first I was like, Drew shouldn't come back. I, I'll let it happen because I find this marital status situation to be crazy. And I find this relationship to be a mess. And she's trying hard. And the moment that this clicked for me that she tries hard for cameras is when she told Ralph on the phone when asking him about what position he played at Rutgers for football. And she was like, babe, we're on camera. I was like, oh, so she's like very aware of the camera. She's very aware of like how she comes off. But it's like her lies are so terrible. For example, Drew got approached by a company to start some sort of workout weight loss program. And it's called Drop It with Drew. And it's something when those editors threw up the side-by-side of Drew before the three weeks and after the three weeks and put 25 pounds, question mark, question mark, question mark over the photo of her. I mean, that was, I gasped. I was truly like gagged. I was like, oh my God, like, like that is so shady because it's so obvious through like that didn't happen. Like you didn't lose 25 pounds in three weeks. You didn't. So why are you saying that? There's pictures. We see, we have eyes. We have eyeballs. We can see what's going on and it's not 25 pounds. And even Sanya, her friend that she brought in the show, who I love, we'll get into her in a minute, was like, um, like, this seems to not be true. <laughs> like, she was just like, I don't think so. And Sanya is like a four-time gold medalist, one bronze, but she doesn't talk about the bronze, like she said. So she like knows her fitness, like she knows what's going on. And she's looking at Drew like, Mm-mm, this isn't right. Then Drew tells Sanya at the gym that she found questionable text messages between Ralph and his assistant. And the mas- and it was about a massage. I guess the woman, his ex-assistant was like, oh, I can give you a massage. So then Sanya brings this up like a fucking pro that she is. She's brand new and she's working the camera. She's like got the family angle going. Like I'm really into her energy, first of all, because it's not coming off like thirsty to me because I feel like she's a woman who like has her own shit. So she doesn't like need the show. I think when some women come on, it's like they're a little thirsty. I'm, I hate to say this, but Tracy, I felt like that was like on New Jersey. Like she came in like a little too glammed, a little too like, I just want to get along with everybody. 
Sanya's over here, like literally throwing her friend under the bus in confessionals. Like she's like, for someone with a workout plan, you really don't know what you to do in the gym. Like this is questionable. So I love that about her. And then I also am very attracted to her husband. I'm very attracted to him. He's got this strength and this like deep voice that I just like sing me to sleep. We also need some good men in Atlanta because the men I'm looking at are tough. I'm not into Todd. I know that that's maybe that's controversial. I just, I don't know about Todd. Maybe Mama Joyce had some truth there. Maybe she was really hearing things in the streets. I don't know. But Todd really doesn't do it for me. Marlo doesn't have a man. Kenya doesn't have a man. I mean, Ralph, I'm Ralph is obviously a good looking person, but I think his personality is such trash that I just can't even like I it loses all attractiveness for me. Like I I'm all about personality. And it's like, mm-mm. He's not doing it for me. He has man, he's a man of like no, like, he has no character, you know? Like he has no like, mm, what's the word I'm looking for? I just find that to be like a very, very unattractive quality. And I dated someone like that who I just was like, I want someone who's like confident and secure and has like a good character about them and would do the right thing if no one was looking. That is the kind of man that I want. You know, not this like guy for show. I don't know. It's just gross to me. So I'm all about seeing his husband. And Sheree has Tyrone who lives in the phone. Um, didn't mean for that to rhyme. It just did. And so I'm not into that because I think there's some problems along the way that we'll get later this season. So wait for that. But so it comes off that Ralph received this text and then he said, I'm a guy to this girl. So what he's saying is, Like, you can't give me a massage because I'm a guy. So I'll, like, feel some type of way and then we'll fuck. That is what he's saying. That's what Candy was, like, looking at him crazy. Like, her and and Sandy were like, you're horrible. Like, this is a horrible situation. Drew is so embarrassed. Because you know Drew wanted to, like, keep a lid on it a little bit. Or, like, maybe not get, like, so into the details. Or maybe she wanted to throw him under the bus to punish him. I support that. A hundred percent. I feel that way about Jennifer on New Jersey. I think she joined the show. You can't you can't join a reality show when you have your husband having affairs and think it's not going to come out. That's fucking crazy. Crazy. Also, <laughs> what really got me good was Marlo's invitation to La Archive party was this woman in like this beautiful pink, like fluffy cotton candy dress. Literally just showing it to these women's stories with a laptop. And just the thought of Marlo, like, having this woman just drive around with a laptop to all these women's, ho- like, houses is so funny to me. I I loved it. Um, but, yeah, Sanya is right. As someone who has taken French on Duolingo, the E needed to be dropped. Anywho, I mean, the, the archive party, it was fun. It was shady. I didn't really get what the women really were saying about having models. I felt... The mannequins were fine. I felt that they displayed the clothes fine. Marlo's on one. She's ready to come for everybody. And I'm excited about that. I think she's taking no prisoners. And I also think like everyone is an equal opportunity. Like she's ready to offend them. Like it doesn't matter who they are. She's just ready to fucking go. She's like, I got my peach. You cannot take this away from me. Because I felt maybe before like 
maybe she tipped around some of the ladies or didn't say everything that she wanted to because she was like, oh, I really want to be asked back. Like, so I got to have like some friendships, blah, blah, blah. I know that time has come. That time has come. So yeah, I thought the premiere was a 10 out of 10. I don't care what anybody else says, thinks, wants. I didn't think about Portia one time. I didn't think about Cynthia once. And also the freshness, I think, comes with the fact that we don't have to deal with the Kenya versus Portia thing anymore. That was becoming a little exhausting. It was never going anywhere. It was just like, because it's not that he was not even going anywhere. It's like they weren't even interacting with each other anymore. So that's when I'm like, okay, we got to be done. So overall, a perfect premiere. I loved it. It was super fun. I can't wait for this season and I will be covering it every single week. So get ready for that. All right. Let's talk about Real Housewives of New Jersey. I'm just going to start by saying just off the top here, we got to move on from Jen's nose. It's just like, why is that the first thing we got to ask Jen is about the nose and the chin? I'm, I mean, I'm glad she got the chin taken out. I think it was like kind of a lot. I know that she regrets getting the nose done. She has said that. So it's like, I just want to be done. I want to be done asking other people about the nose. It's like, we've beaten this horse. So that I just, I need to get off my chest. It kind of annoyed me. And also when, so, you know, Andy goes around and, you know, says hi to everybody, you know, brings up a little thing about them in the beginning. Like I was saying, he said that thing about Jen's nose to her. And then he gets to Dolores and he asks about Dolores' new man. And I have to tell you, Dolores kind of acted a little weird. She acted a little squirrely. And I don't know if that is a great sign. And I know that Dolores is like kind of like more shy about that kind of stuff. But it just seemed like a little like, I don't know, there was something in her that I could just feel. And uh, like, I can't even really like describe it unless like you've been there, like where you're dating someone and someone asks you like how it's going, but it's not going that well. And you're like, oh, it's like good. Like, oh my God. Like you, like it just felt so awkward to me. And then of course we see Frank later on in the previews for the next reunion that he, there's something about him, you know, him and Polly don't see eye to eye on or something. So I don't know. I don't know. What really, really shocked me about this reunion is that we get Dolores versus Jen, which is not something I was expecting. And I don't think Dolores was expecting it either. Like it kind of came from nowhere. But you can tell, or at least I feel like Dolores has never liked Jennifer. And has really just tolerated her because she's friends with Teresa and Dolores is friends with Teresa. And she just like, she feels bad for her, but I don't think she necessarily liked her. So this was like a perfect out. She was like, all right, I'm fucking done. We're not friends. You're right. This is awful. Because the way that they're going back and forth with each other, like, I don't think Dolores cares. There's no love lost there. And Jen repeatedly saying like, she's not weak for crying is she's correct. She's correct on that. But then later on in the episode, people were like, I forget, was it Jennifer or Teresa? They were like, well, Jackie, you cried all season last year. It's like, but I thought crying wasn't a sign of weakness. So which is it? But again, we're dealing with three housewives of hypocrisy over in New Jersey. So that's to be expected because then, of course, the dick comments get gets brought up. And I didn't understand this, like, in the first place. I thought Dolores, who I love, was, like, completely 
ridiculous for thinking this was like crazy for thinking that Jackie was like so out of line for calling hit for saying Bill shouldn't stick his dick in someone else is nuts to me. I was like, yeah, he shouldn't be sticking his dick in someone else. And then for Teresa to be like, oh my God, that's so unclassy. I was like, says you. I was like, and then she calls her a bitch like three seconds later. Like, what am I watching? Teresa is like, there is Patrick Starr lives in her brain. Like there, I can't take it. She was on this reunion and yes, it was amazing and explosive and she's great television, but like it hurts my head sometimes because I'm just like, how do you get through the day? Like how, how? And so that was really weird. Her calling Jackie unclassy and Jackie's like, what I think was so smart about like Melissa and Jackie Marge kind of stayed pretty quiet. Cause I know that I bet her time is coming next, next reunion. Um, is that they didn't really try to argue with Teresa that much. It was like, Jackie literally was like, if you feel I'm unclassy, that's really fine. That's fine. I don't care. Because they don't, she doesn't care what Teresa thinks about her. And then with Melissa, like towards the end of the episode, like the way that she handled Teresa in this moment, I thought was a lot more powerful and, and indifferent than the way that she used to. Where she was like, basically like, we're sad and we're hurt and we're disappointed, but you're happy, so go do that. It's fine. Because it's to be expected. But we'll get there. And then one last thing about Teresa and Jackie, I did think it was really funny when Teresa brought up the fucking analogy again. And Andy was like, we're not doing this. We've already beaten this horse. Like, we're not fucking doing this again. Like, stop with the analogy. Like, let it go. Teresa cannot let anything go. And it is like, literally her Achilles heel like she cannot she remembers things and will not let go of them but expects everybody else to just like be able to move on and not care it's actually crazy and it was like this reunion was the perfect display of that it like it perfectly like encapsulated like why I find her so frustrating and how I just don't understand like what people don't get like And, you know, Andy then brings up Louie and he's talking to Teresa about Louie and their relationship. And Teresa, again, is talking about this fucking love bubble. She's talking about how they've never fought before. They've never had one fight. And I'm like, that's also weird. Like, that's that's really, really weird to me. And I tweeted, I was like, if I had a friend who would talk to me about her relationship and said things like love bubble over and over again and said that we've never had one fight and we've been dating for almost two years and we live together. I'd be like, babe, are you okay? Like blink three times if you need to get out. Cause that's fucking weird. I'm sorry. No relationship has no fights. None. Not even, not even good ones. It's healthy to fight. It's normal to fight. Of course, there's a line and you should not fight every single day and you should not be abusive to one another, blah, blah, blah. That's given. I'm just saying it's important to fight. It's weird to not. I just, and the love bubble thing, I think Andy is even like very nervous for her because then when they got to the prenup conversation, he was like, Teresa, we're looking out for you because Teresa was like, well, he has more than I have. He's like, I don't care about that. It's not about what he has. It's about what you have and what you've gained back from getting out of prison. You've rebuilt your life. 
We don't want him to take that away from you because things can get fucking weird. When people go through breakups, they get mean and they get nasty. It's unfortunate, but it happens. Like not everybody's going to be a Joe Judice and be like, yeah, cut my losses and move to the Bahamas. Of course, he had to move to the Bahamas because he got deported from America. But I'm just saying, I mean, what was he really going to fight with her about? They also had a prenup, apparently, because he made her sign a prenup a week before. And she was like, I almost backed out of the wedding because of that. Oh, I thought it was interesting that she said that she never was like felt that like in love feeling with Joe. And it was more about this. Like, I just wanted to get out of my parents house. And there was this guy who I love who I thought I loved. And I'm like, wait a minute. So you can say that you weren't in love with your children's father, but Joe Judah, Joe Gorga can't just be like, he like hurt you. Like, it's weird. It's so backwards and strange. And I just don't get it. And then the whole engagement party thing with Dolores. Now I see a lot of people online talking about, and I've talked about this again before. I'll say it again. I don't think Dina is the real reason Dolores was not invited to the party. Because Dolores and Caroline have been friends for 15 years. Dina and Teresa have been friends for about that same amount of time, maybe a little longer. Dina knows that Dolores is is friends with Caroline, has always known this. Dolores and Teresa have been friends this whole time for 20 plus years, longer than probably her and Dina. And people are like, well, because what Caroline allegedly did about Dina and the lawsuit, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, but like that has nothing to do with Dolores and Teresa's relationship. And just ignore Dolores then. This isn't your engagement party. This is your best friend's. If I was going to an engagement party for my best friend and her other friend was there and we had weird shit, I'd be like, whatever. Okay. It was weird. And then to be like, well, we don't double date. We don't double date. We don't. What is with this double? You're 49 years old. You are 40 fucking nine years old. I don't think I've ever been like, oh my God, we can double date ever. Maybe once or twice. I thought, oh my God, it'd be cool. Like if our boyfriends got together, blah, blah, blah. But to have that be like the criteria for like a relationship with your friend is very fucking weird. And she didn't just do this with Dolores. She also said it to Melissa where she was like, we don't have a relationship. We don't double date. Melissa's like, it's not about double dates. It's about me being in your family for 20 plus years. And we're sat at a different table. That's fucking weird, man. Like, I don't understand this. Like, I don't get how people are not understanding like what is going on and what really really got me good is during the whole melissa and Teresa joe argument um they were you know uh Teresa brought up like well you came on the show and you befriended jacqueline and caroline and whatever and then melissa was like yeah and you befriended kim d and jan and then if you hear Teresa, it's kind of it was kind of hard to hear the first time i watched but i got it back the second time she says, that wasn't me. That was the show. And it was in that moment, I'm like, Teresa doesn't live her life and have relationships with these people outside of this show bubble. Because Joe is like, I'm sitting here and I'm talking to him about my our real life. What really is happening? You know, like what goes on outside the show? Like Melissa named off like 10 things that she's done for Teresa and Teresa was like, we don't double date. Melissa's like, I held your dad's hand while he had his last breaths. Like, that's more important than a double date. 
But again, her and Joe are so fucking done. Like, they're just like, whatever, Teresa. Like, that's how you feel. Like, it's di- it's disappointing. Um, yeah, and just the not defending Joe and saying that he's like a housewife. It's like, okay, well, all the men on Jersey are like that, including Louie, who's shown up for boys' nights. He is also at the reunion. So it's like, nothing Teresa makes sense. It's just like exhausting. And it's like, I I hope next season, Melissa really just gives it up and just like does not try to protect her anymore. Because I also think for so long, they, they really handled her with kid gloves and they really allowed her to feel and say whatever she wanted to them. And they never said anything back. And I think that that time is over. Unfortunately, I do. Because she doesn't care about her brother. That's just obvious to me. I mean, I can't wait for the next reunion. I think it's going to be really, really amazing. It's giving us everything. Like, it's so good. It's so juicy to watch. I can't wait. And of course, we have Real Hostess of Beverly Hills next week on the 11th. I can't wait for that. So yeah, I mean, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow me at Brova Historian on Instagram and at Tigersloft on Twitter. And you can find all of my unhinged thoughts over at thedip.com. So check that out. Use code SPRING for 95% off your subscription. And I will talk to you guys soon. Bye. What exactly are microplastics? They're small, man-made. They're less than five millimeters long and they're around you every day. Microplastics are toxic. They cunningly seep into water, the air, and the things we eat. By contaminating our food chain, they make their way to you. Through vegetables at the supermarket, and yes, through fruit too. They're literally everywhere. That's the problem at hand. Every cigarette butt you see on the ground contains 15,000 strands. Learn more at undo.org. You have a vision for your business. Your priority might be to expand facilities or bring in the best talent. At Century Insurance, we listen, learn, and work to understand your business and your plans to help protect your new locations. As your business evolves and your vision comes true, Century, right by you. Property and casualty coverages are underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Century.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available in all states. See policy for complete coverage details.